Welcome to this episode of Bonus Barrel. I'm Rob, and with me today is Seiji. Hello. Marshall. Hey, hey. And an uninformed member in the background, Jeff. Hello. And today we're talking about Bayonetta. That's right. And so, before I talk about Bayonetta, one of us in the room, the newest addition to the show, has not played it. Tell us about Bayonetta. Uh, well, only impression I have is just looking at the case. Yes. And that's all you need. That's all you need. And there's, I'm pretty sure there's a half-naked woman mm-hmm. on the case. Hey, she's fully clothed. Is, is she fully clothed? <laughs> her back's her back wait, revealed. So, what I think of is, have, have anyone played, like, the reboot of the Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden games for Xbox? I played one of them, yeah. You know, the Rachel Demon Hunter character? Exactly. It, to me, it, she, I, I think it's, like, a re- almost, like, that type of game. Like an action-adventure game where you're a girl who's running around with guns, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, are you clothed. Are you ready to be educated about I'm Bayonetta? extremely <laughs> ready, and I'm, I'm, I, I want to play it, so... Yeah. Well, like, maybe at the end of the episode, you'll be like, well, damn, I gotta, I gotta play Bayonetta. Yeah, Let me borrow yeah. your copy, and then you'll get to play it. <laughs> so, now we're, we're going to talk about Bayonetta as three mostly informed people. One of us owns the art art book, uh, Eyes of Bayonetta, Eyes on Bayonetta. The eyes, the eyes of Bayonetta. Yep. Did you bring it back to me? Yeah. Yeah. It's here. All right. Cool. So we have that. So quick intro. Bayonetta is a third-person 3D action game. It's similar to the director's previous title, uh, DMC. Devil May Cry. She has uh, short and long-range attacks, transformation, special attacks, equipable weapons, loadouts, torture attacks, and combos. A lot of the gameplay feels to me reactionary. There's a really crazy story that we'll try to make sense of mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, so it's a third-person adventure game, heavy on the story. Action game. Third action action, action game. game, sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the story and uh, lots of silly cutscenes. That's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's way more to talk about, sure. which yeah. we will. But before we get into the meat of the game, let's talk about the developers. Seiji, I'll let you lead this one, my friend. Tell us about Platinum and its history. Well, this is a very interesting game in terms of the... Not, I don't know if about the development, but the release story and, mm-hmm. and all that, right? So it, it was originally published by Sega for the, I believe, the Xbox 360 mm-hmm. P3, and the PS3, right? This was back in 2009? I think mm-hmm. so, 9 right? or 10? Yeah, I yeah. believe it's 9. Well, 2009 in Japan okay. and 2010 in North Korea. Okay, early Perfect. 2010. Yeah, yeah. I think January. January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was originally developed, as I said, for Xbox and PS3. Uh, PS3, right? Right. But it got recently re-released for Nintendo Wii U. Yes, as, as a bonus pack-in with Bayonetta 2. Uh-huh. And that's why it's a little bit relevant for... Yeah, that's why we're talking about this frame, one. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it came with Bayonetta 2, right? So, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it came bundled in with Bayonetta 2. So that's that's also interesting. A great because, bonus. So there's another one of those ironies in life, right? So <laughs> the first one gets uh, published by Sega. The second one gets published by Nintendo, <laughs> right? So that's that, that's funny. Now, the game is developed by a, a really famous studio. I think it, it's one of those newish studios that are really producing good games. Platinum, uh, platinum game, games. Yeah. Big, we're me and Marshall both are huge oh, yeah. fans of Platinum games. Yeah. Huge fans. Yeah. And I would like to talk a little bit about Capcom. Please do. What's going on with Capcom? They don't like Mega Man. And they don't like their own star developers either. <laughs> so <laughs> you mentioned Devil May Cry, right? I did, yeah. That's Capcom. Yes. So, okay, so the director is Hideki Kamiya, which is the the, the same director as uh, for, for Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. Now, he and, and two of his colleagues, uh, Shinji Mikami and Atsushi Nawa, mm-hmm. uh, another director and a producer, were together in, in Clover... Uh, Clover games, I think, and they developed a bunch of really interesting games. Uh, mm-hmm. Beautiful Joe. And ah, Beautiful Joe is great. Okami. Yeah. Okami is, is really, was really popular too, right? Mm-hmm. Okami is probably the the most memorable out of that. Oh, no. Uh, oh, not for me. Beautiful Joe. Uh, I love that game. I just mean from a mass. Oh, yeah. Mass I think more people have heard of Okami as Wolf Zelda before Wolf Zelda came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and for some <laughs> reason, um, this guy just left. Clover Games, or, or, or Capcom closed Clo- Clo- Clover Games, mm-hmm. and they just went on and, and founded their own studio. And I think and there's another guy who who, who also quitted uh, Capcom, which was, I think, the creator of uh, Resident Evil. So I don't know what's going on in Capcom. Right? Shinji Mikami? Shinji, yeah. No, there's, an, well, th- there's okay. another guy okay, who's sure. not one of the, this, sure. these three, and okay. they founded Platinum Games. Mm-hmm. Now, Shinji Mikami uh, recently left Platinum Games to found their own, his own studio. 
Zenimax Media or something like that, and they thought it was Tango Gameworks. Or yeah, something like that. Okay, they, uh, the Evil Within. That was their first, yeah, first release. Yeah. So okay. that's that's interesting. That uh, and I think they're owned by Bethesda. I think you're right about the Evil Within. Yeah. yeah. Well, so interesting that former Star developers for Capcom are not doing are now doing uh, so well, and Capcom is doing like not so well. Platinum has a great reputation, like, and unfortunately not not as a not to a mass audience, like. Wonderful 101 is one of my favorite games of, uh, that I played last year. Oh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about... Camille yeah. directed that as well. Did he? Yep. I yeah. love... Okay, so I really want... I just... When we started talking about it, I mean, I thought we, we need to talk about this game at some point, like in depth. But Wonderful 101... Oh, man. I, have you guys all played it? Jeff, you play Wonderful no, 101? I never heard of it. I own it. That's the sad thing. You never even heard of it. I know, I know. I got it as a Christmas gift. Not this past Christmas, the Christmas before. Yeah. And... I've been wanting, really excited about playing it, and today I was reading a little bit about Kamiya, and I saw he directed it, and I was... I'm like, There's like 10 doing? games in the Wii U, you never even heard of this. That's what makes me sad, yeah. because uh, one of the first games I bought for the Wii U was Wonderful 101, because I was excited about it. It's got a bit of a Beautiful Joe kind yeah, of... Yeah, or Power Ranger, or I should say Super Sentai series, in Beautiful Joe, especially aesthetically. It's... I, okay, so not a big secret about me, that maybe people who've just started listening don't know, is Over the Top is one of my favorite story... Like elements, Esther's Wrath, Beautiful Joe. There's a game I was playing recently. I can't believe I can't think of it off the top of my head. Another one was like that Bayonetta. Even mm-hmm. things that are like crazy. Like you, when like Esther's Wrath, you fight an enemy that's larger than the planet, and you kill it by punching its finger until it explodes. It's it's amazing. You <laughs> one one of the characters stabs you into the chest, which then goes through the entire planet. I love that type of game. And Beautiful Joe, which is not quite that, or not Beautiful Joe. Sorry. Wonderful One, which is not quite that insane, is uh-huh. still, you're still fighting gigantic monsters, mm-hmm. and it's funny. Oh, man, the and game is like so funny. And you're, like, forming, like, arms with, like, 101 little yeah, heroes. Yeah, it, and, and that's another thing. It's such a funny game. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who's played that game will instantly remember, you know, diplomacy has failed. I gotta which play it. Actually, Bayonetta 2 references, references it, okay. which made me, as a person who played it, made me laugh. Nice. I was like, oh, it's great, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, not to, not to dominate, but I loved Wonderful 101, and we need to play it and talk about it but sure. what about some other games about from platinum from platinum well, they made mad world for mm-hmm. the wii I, i've uh, played that and it's it's short and it was i think it got mixed reviews but really distinct art style black yes. and white yeah. and like and only, red only red blood an and, whatnot. Yeah. and it's all about tortures killing the enemies with all these crazy ways and kind of similar to the torture in Bayonetta. Uh, What's Bayonetta. the premise of the game? I have the game, but I've not played it yet. Oh, jeez. What's it like? Is it like a premise TV show thing? Rules? Like a game, like a Smash TV kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, I think it's. There's like a TV show, and it's an island of inmates or something, and they're forced to kill each other. Right. As part of this, whatever. I can't, it's been years since I played it, but but I quite enjoyed it. They made Infinite Space. I don't Infinite know that Space. game. No. That's a DS it's game, I believe. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know anything about it. And then I'm this, curious, this game uh, that we found in one of our game hunts, Vanquish. Did we find oh. Vanquish? Who had it? Did I get it? It was it? No, no, we, nobody. We saw it. Yeah, we saw it. I didn't yeah. know it was platinum. Yeah, yeah. We, we, Marshall and I mentioned to you. That's actually that one's I'm already interested by Shinji Mikami. That yeah. one's really good. That makes you want it now. I, I wish it's I would good, have realized. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Anarchy Reigns. Not familiar with that one. The Anarchy Reigns is uh, not familiar though, online uh, fighter. You can actually play as Bayonetta in it. And, oh, you've talked about that. Yeah, and Jack from from Mad World. And it's all of Platinum's, like, stars mm-hmm. fighting. How did that go under the radar so much? Like, I, I don't remember hearing about that at all. Marshall, mm-hmm. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. That game's great! Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is a really fun game. Yeah! It started off in development with uh, Kojima Productions. And somewhere along the way, they w- were struggling melding the action of the playing as Raiden, the ninja. Mm-hmm. Is he ninja? Yeah, Cyborg Ninja. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. They were having trouble combining that with stealth gameplay. Right. So... It's because his high heels click on the on the pavement when he's walking. <laughs> so you can't have him as a stealth character. That might be, yeah. I think that was the reason they canceled it. Uh, somewhere along the way, they canceled it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and Platinum ended up... They ended up working I think it's a fun game. Like, over the top I didn't again. know you played it. I, I, have, I have not beat it, but I'm going to. It's not a long game. Really short, like five yeah, hours. Yeah, I played... Uh, the first three hours of the game, I think. So, and I forget why I didn't finish it, but I, I want to. It was fun. fun yeah, very fun. And then Wonderful 101, which you talked about. Yep. Bayonetta 2, which we won't talk about too much this episode, but Legend of Korra, as a, which is a licensed game. 
Um, I am a fan of the show, actually. Yeah. Not played the game. I haven't heard great things. I, I feel like it's one of those situations where it's a great developer that probably only got limited funds and limited mm-hmm. time to finish it. Yeah. So instead of making one of their great polished games, it's like, it's probably an okay licensed game, but they probably only had, and I'm, I'm guessing, we're speculating, they'll have had a few months to do it kind of thing. It seemed to be announced and out really quick. Well, okay, so we're all, all of us work in the games industry, and, and, and when I used to work for my older, com- older company, that that stuff would happen. You would get like a DS title of, of a main console, and then you'd have to develop it in like four or five months, and uh-huh. you don't have a lot of time to finish it. And the you know the, there's not a lot of time for feedback and bouncing back and forth, and and so you get such little time and budget, and then the game just isn't going to be as good as your team could make. You know, I, I won't reveal any of the games I worked on, but I uh, but um, the company I, I, I used to work with though when I got brought into the company, they were just finishing a game like that. It was a DS port of another main game, and although the other main game didn't do well either, the DS port was not great. But, you know, anyways, the, the, the reason is not because of the talent, because, you know, the people in the studio have made good games, it's just that they had such little time to work on it, so that the game wound up being like a big flop, but, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's why so that's what I was bringing that up, because Platinum makes such great games, and yet Cord was pretty like eh for my ear. It's worth mentioning they have scale bound in development. Yes, which is the last one. one, which I think is their first like Microsoft exclusive. Hmm. I'm glad I have an Xbox for that reason. I might, if it comes out and it's good enough, I could see myself finally buying an Xbox. But that's because I, I, a small I love handful that's of Xbox games. Last episode, which won't be chronologically the last episode, but the episode um, where we talked about <laughs> the last regular episode where we talked about the pickup for the order. We talked about being hyped for a specific developer. When we talked about yep. Shadows of the, of the Colossus and Team Eco, yep. that's a reason. That's a thing right there. Where, where a Platinum game goes to a, a console that I, that I don't own, I might actually consider purchasing the play. To be honest, I'm not big on Monster Hunter or anything, and Scalebound looked like kind of more like Monster Hunter to me. And I'm I not just, big on Monster Hunter either, but I would probably play that because I like Platinum. To be honest, the trailer for Scalebound didn't do a lot for me, but when I saw Platinum was attached to it, I know you're like, oh, okay, just, my okay. like uh, my interest right. peaks. So. Yeah. So we have people here who are very, very interested in Platinum, but you don't seem like you've played a lot of those, CG. No. So I got a Wii U, right? Yes, you do. And so this game got a lot of hype it from did. Wii U players and also non-Wii U or Nintendo media, right? Like there was this, drums when they announced it being Nintendo exclusive, yeah. if you remember. People mm-hmm. were not happy. So people I, were really I, angry. Yeah, they so were. At, at first I, was, I wasn't really excited about it, and mm-hmm. then uh, the reviews came in, and they were all very positive. So I bought it, and... I, I still haven't played Bayonetta 2. I played Bayonetta 1 because I, 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 I guess, well, I have to go in order, right? Yeah. So I played it. And for the show. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, well, are we are we still talking more death info? Because we're so, still talking about Platinum. Well, no. Uh, so that's why I played it. Okay. And I played the Wii U version. So Me too. Wh- why do you guys play it? Okay, so I played a little bit of the PS3 version a little while back. And I don't know why I didn't get into it at the time. But I had played Wonderful 101 mm-hmm. a lot before I played replayed Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 1, sorry. And then I bought Bayonetta 2, and it came with one. So for that reason, of course, I wanted to play it first. And then I beat it. And, yeah, I really fell fell in love with that game the, when I played it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's really fucking funny. It's a f- stupid game when it comes to the story. It's silly. and uh, But it's great. Like, you get you like the character. Well, I don't like all the characters. And not to go too far in the story, because I, I will sum up the story. There will be spoilers, but I hated Enzo. Is that the name? Enzo or Ezio? It's not Ezio. Joe Enzo. Pesci. Yeah, I hate that character. But otherwise, like, all the other characters, it was just a funny, silly game. And, and uh, the gameplay mm-hmm. is it's the real star of the game. The story, yeah. you know, you don't really come to Bayonetta for the story. You come for the way the game feels, or, or for Platinum, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so why did you get into uh, it? I played it on Xbox 360 when it first came out because mm-hmm. of blatant reviews saying that get the get the Xbox version, don't get the <laughs> PS3 version. We will talk about the port stuff. I have some I would have got the yeah. PS3 version. And I played it right when it came out, the month it came out. I didn't know a lot about it. When I first saw the trailer, to be honest, I thought it looked really stupid. <laughs> Me too. Like, the camera was zooming in oh. under, under her crotch and whatnot, and it was just so over the top, and I, I was like, what is this? I have no like, no interest in this. I played the demo, and I was like, this is Devil May Cry. This is great. Yeah. I'm going to get this. So I played it on 360 and loved it. Oh, yes. So let's talk about the lore and story of this. I got a few things to read because when playing Bayonetta, I did not 
and not get the story entirely. Yeah. It was weird. So I got a couple summaries that I want to just talk about, so maybe it'll piece together the story for everybody here. Spoilers, obviously. Jeff, you're about to get spoilers. Are you okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, you can't go anywhere anyways. You're still not going to know what's happening when you play it. (laughs) Yeah, this this will actually make the game better for you. Um, Just a quick... So before the story itself, some of the previous stuff that you might not get entirely. So, the Umber Witches and the Lumen Sages, which are the main focus of the story. And this is from uh, Bayonetta Wiki. Uh, 500 years ago, there lived two clans in Europe. The Umber Witches, Dwellers of the Darkness, and their Light World counterparts, the Lumen Sages. The clans respected each other and their laws, balancing each other out. One day, that balance was toppled. Uh, there was a sacred law between the clans that they could never ha- could not have a child with one another. Rosa, a number of witch in Balder, a Lumen Sage, conceived the child Cereza, which is Bayonetta. The man was exiled from his clan, and the woman was put in jail, but the child remained with the Umbra, raised like a black sheep. The child made a friend named Jean. Uh, they used to play together until Jean became the Umbran Harris, but to prove she deserved the rule, to uh, prove she deserved to rule the Umbra, she was chosen as an opponent to fight her for the most beloved of Umbran treasure, the left eye of the world. She chose Cereza, but it was forbidden, for she was of impure blood. Jean said it was not the first time they fought each other, so the two fought, and Jean was defeated. Soon after that, Jean was ordered to steal away Cereza in order to stop her from awakening the left eye, which would summon Jubileus the creator. Jean also killed Cereza's mother, then she stabbed Cereza in the heart, sealing her away into a 500-year slumber. Before she was put in the slumber in the bottom of a lake, a war had started between the two clans, leaving the Umbran uh, victorious. Then, years after the war, the last Lumen Sage, Balder, encouraged the people with their uncertainty of witches to start with to start the witch hunts. Over years, killing all the Umbran witches, all but two, Bandit and Jean. The Eyes of the World, which is like the main goal of the story, which don't make a lot of sense when you're actually playing it. Uh, the left eye oversaw the darkness, the moon, and Inferno, while the right eye oversaw the light, the sun, and Paradiso. One of them belonged to each clans, which we already talked about. If the two were united and awakened, they would bring back the god Jubileus. They look like mere gems, but they are but they are literally the eyes of Jubileus. Bayonetta is believed to possess the left eye. In reality, she herself is the left eye, which is really confusing. And she has the left eye on her yeah, like, chest. She also has fragments of the gem that contain her, her memories within it before she's sealed away. So I always found that really confusing. Mm-hmm. So... Now, it, we should mention that the way you're telling the story is not the way no, the it's game not. tells you the story. No, right? I, I'm giving a flat out... This yeah. is other than the story of the game. That's just the, the lore that you you might figure out by reading some of the, the text in the game or right. through the, for the fragmented... Yeah. Re, you know, like that, but it's not very clear in the all game. Of, all of that stuff you just said is kind of told through flashbacks. Kind of. And... Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And she, as you play, she gets flashbacks triggering some of these memories of her and John and, and her mother and whatnot. Okay. Because e- e- even she being called Cereza yeah. is revealed until the end. Well, I mean, I'll tell us. Right. I'll tell the story of the game. While you're playing, why yeah. you're playing the game, Cereza, like, a little... Right, which... Girl, yeah, right? so... We'll, we'll quickly go through that so that we can get the story out, because it's such a weird game. But then we can start talking about levels and stuff. So, just to sum up the game, because you know, that's kind of what we've been doing with all the other games we've talked about we usually sum it up so again i got this from from wikipedia uh in the because i needed someone to tell me what happened in the game in the present day an informant named enzo has joined up with bayonetta a witch who was revived 20 years ago from the bottom of the lake has no memories of her past owning one half of the eyes of the world which we talked about bayonetta leaves for vigrid when enzo informs her of uh, rumors that the other half is there so bayonetta confronts another umbran witch jean as well as a young man named luca <laughs> The former seemingly has ties to Bayonetta's past, while the latter blames Bayonetta for her father's death. His father's death, sorry. Bayonetta then battles through Vigrid before encountering Four Tutudo, one of the four cardinal virtues, and defeats him. So let's pause there for a second. What did you guys think of the enemies in the game, the angels? The they're they're based on some like uh, of Dante's Inferno lore, I believe, where a lot of that comes from. The Divine Comedy. Very yeah. very cool designs and very they're, they're beautiful. Those are what. Like so, I, you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. So the Bible, where where this kind of lore would have mostly came from, and I think Catholicism or, or something like that. The Bible, the, in the Bible, they describe like angels and stuff as very grotesque looking, mm-hmm. which you don't see really that kind of representation of them in popular lore. Like people just show the the stupid ones, with the the wings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is a t- touchy topic because I don't really want to offend anyone, but. You know, I, I don't, I'm not really religious, but so I, I found it fascinating as as like an artist and a, a character designer, like the, the the way that those angels were represented in the Bible were actually really cool, and it always disappoints me to never see them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that stuff in, in in Bayonetta just look a lot like they're described, and and then of course all the extra stuff added on top of it. I mean, these aren't from 
the actual text or anything, but mm-hmm. but they remind me of a lot of the like a lot of the ones that you would see or read about in, in in those little texts. So I thought it was really cool, just cool designs to the angels. They're very interesting. They're very like they all have kind of like cherub faces, and yeah, they're, they're very cool. like they don't have expressions. They're very just like kind of an yeah like a dead face with and they have all this like gold armor and rubies and and, and when you kill or when you hurt them you, you start pairing off chunks of yep. that armor and you can see the muscle underneath them they become more really and more grotesque yeah something and, like out of a horror movie yeah actually very much so and it's, it's a very it's great cool it's great visual feedback while you're uh, battling them because it's such, a, it's such a big contrast between their armor and and the look of them when you first start fighting yeah, them. Yeah, versus... they're like majestic looking, even even though they are unsettling with the weird faces and stuff. But and right as their their health is almost at zero, they're like flesh and and guts with just maybe a, yeah. a tiny bit of armor on their. I've always back. preferred a visual health bar that shows up on the character as opposed to an actual floaty health bar. In I this like... case, there's both. Yeah, but I, if I had to choose, like I like the ones that integrate you into the world. I like seeing mm-hmm. a character get tired and weaker and, and more beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think of the designs, Sage? Specifically about the angels? The angels, yeah. Yeah, it's very unique. I thought it's it's more interesting that, than than Bayonetta herself. <laughs> so I liked it. Yeah, I, it, it's cool how the enemy is a concept that usually is, is really a more... A stronger relationship with the good. Yeah, you know? in popular culture, an angel is a good holy being. So again, it plays again with that whole theme about um, doing things the wrong way or yeah. a way you're not expecting them to be. Yeah. So that's that yeah. part is interesting. They're very cool enemies, and the concept that you're fighting angels as as mm-hmm. the bad guys or at least the yeah. antagonists of of it is is cool, right? Mm-hmm. Really good. So to move on with the story, and that's, I think it's good that we'll we just take breaks of telling the story to talk about things that pop up. Oh, to us. also the, yeah. the the angels are supposed to be like male, right? And and the, the yeah. Well, no, there's the a other female in, one. In the, no, I think they're they're all male, and the witches are all female. Uh-huh. Oh, you're talking about the Lumen Sages. Yeah, but I think about the angels. That's the theme. Like, it's, yeah, it's female against male. But they are all male. Yeah. Well, what about yeah. lust or joy? I think the angels call it, where it looks oh, like a right. female. Right, right. Yeah, and so, it's disguised as Bayonetta during the gameplay. Yeah, right? although I remember reading in the art book actually a little bit about that, where it can take the shape that it chooses. So maybe it is technically male. True. You're right. That that's a good point. Like uh, the demons, a lot of the demons seem to be female. Like uh, Madame Butterfly, Bayonetta's mm-hmm. pack demon is, is a is a female. But then again, Jubileus is is a female. Yeah. Kind of, I think. No, but yeah. Jubileus is the the deity. It's not. He's neither uh, Lumen Sage or. That's right. true. Yeah, right. but definitely when it comes to the actual clans, the it looks like. Which brings the question: Is if they're forbidden to mate with one another, how do they mate? How do they? How do they reproduce? Yeah, where it doesn't ever say that. No, it doesn't, and that's something that I always wondered. Like, because they can't mate with each other. Well, they obviously can. Well, they can. They're not. <laughs> they're forbidden to mate with each other. Do they just go around finding humans to to do, like? impregnate or, or be impregnated by I don't know yeah, that's really, not revealed yeah, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to know into that. Yeah. no well, well do you want to speculate <laughs> <laughs> well asexual reproduction but that but they can they have genitals oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's one of those mysteries mm-hmm. maybe one of the designers will get back to us and let maybe us know maybe the answer is in Bayonetta 3 yes Bayonetta 3 the quest for reproduction mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, making her way through Crescent and Sunrise Valleys, Bayonetta finds Jean conversing with uh, Temperantia, one of the the second of the cardinal virtues. After defeating Jean, she then meets a lost child named Cereza, which as we already revealed is her. So again, we get what, why not make a story more confusing by adding time travel into it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, much to Bayonetta's frustration, the child believes she's her mother and follows her. After eventually returning to the human world, Bayonetta leaves Cereza with Luca. And confronts Temperantia, who she defeats. Continuing her search for the right eye, Bayonetta follows Luca and Cereza down Prominence Bridge in an attempt to reach the island known as Isla de Sol. She's attacked by Lustitia, the third cardinal virtue, and defeats him. They board a Valkyrie. Actually, we'll stop there for a second. So there's some which there's a lot of references in this game to Sega franchises and, and Platinum franchises. One of them, during one of the stages we're in the bike, is a reference to Hang On or Super Hang On including the music and kind of the general gameplay, which I thought was really cool, you know? Did you enjoy that part? Uh, the bike part? Mm-hmm. I actually did not. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I just played that part the other day. I will talk, when we get to a little further on the story, when we talk about the missile part, I did like that. But the uh, yeah, the bike part was okay. I found it kind of, I wiped it out a few times, the controls were a little annoying, yeah. but but overall, it was, it was a, it, I like that it's varied from the rest of the game. I like the history behind it, where 
where they're we're referencing an old Sega game. It did game. just feel kind of like a silly throwback. Yeah. Sort of. So you remember of that part of the game? The variation in gameplay and game mechanics, it's good in general for any game. Uh, in this particular game, I just wanted to be over with. Okay. Well, an example of a game that does that really well is Super Mario 3D World. Yeah, with Cup and Toad. Yeah, well, not just Captain Toad, even levels. Oh yeah, the Mario Kart Definitely. level, like yeah. that—that's a game, a great example of where there's a lot of variation and different play styles thrown at you. But Bayonetta has a lot of that too, and I—I I do think it does it fairly well. Right. So the trio board a Valkyrie jet headed for Isla de Sol, only for Cereza to become lost after finding her and fighting Jean again. Uh, Sepentia, who I think has one of the best boss teams that I've heard of in a long time, the final cardinal virtue attacks and downs the jet, and Bayonetta defeats him. Now, to pause there, and I'm probably going to lose my space in the story, that fight is really cool. That's the one where you're on this like a raft or this piece of metal in the ocean, yep. and it's this gigantic, huge-scaled boss who who looks like a whale with legs. I don't even know how to, to define it, but he's a really weird-looking angel. His legs, he has like four legs and on the elbow, where the elbow would be, or like a face, and you have to attack. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and he would he'll dive under the water, and then he, he'll lunge up on, from underneath you, and you're like just surfing on the water. Oh, it's such a cool fight. Yeah, I did that fight the other day, and it has like these tentacles with faces that come. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it, it eventually gets to the point where it's like in a whirlpool, and you're sur- you're going down this whirlpool to attack its face, and then these disgusting tentacles with more faces on it. It's super weird and just it's it's disturbing, but also really impressive at the same time. It's very cool design. Yeah, yeah. You, you touch a little bit on the music too. Yeah, that Great is one of my music. favorite. That that Sempenchia, that battle we're talking about is one of my favorite themes. In general, the game oh. has great music. Well, one it's thing that's really really upbeat. Yep. Kind of classic. Well, I hate Flying to the Moon, so that the main theme I don't like very much in that game. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you and I talked about. Month, like a month ago, before we even started doing the show, mm-hmm. we were talking about Bayonetta, and one thing that we both love is the the intros to angels. Whenever oh, you yeah. encounter a new angel, it comes up on the screen, there's this really cool music, like it's just a short, like 10, 30 second music clip, mm-hmm. where it just, it feels epic, and it, and it just, the angel comes up, and then this book wraps around and closes it's behind a, it. It's like this heavenly music, yeah, and, yeah. and you, the, the like, it's not like a Bible, but it's like a, a book with all of the enemies in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool, and it just set, sets the mood. It's like, oh man, we're, I'm about to fight something really neat, and it, yeah. it feels oh, it's just it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what part we're talking about? Yes. Of course you do. What did you think about that? It's a pretty cool way of showing the enemy, right? Yeah, I know that you guys think that I hate cutscenes in general. <laughs> All of them. You want to ban them? Sometimes they serve a, a, a purpose. I guess yeah, like that's a cutscene, and like that's in, like in this case, that's good. Yeah, it, it's some I great presentation. It. We found a good cutscene for Sage. You do enjoy. Mm-hmm. The only cutscene that you enjoy. No, I do many cutscenes. When they serve a purpose that is related to the game, but when, when it just stops gameplay, it's just like an for me. It's very... You see that and you know, like, shit's about to happen right yeah. after the, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're just like, man, it's like, oh, this is right a new when you angel. Hear that lock clicks yeah. right on the book. And then it just starts just, the action. That cutscene right is when you, 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 you sit a little bit... Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm to fight something yeah. new. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah, I always get pumped when they do that. Yeah. Uh, just to touch on the second one, where they where they have an equivalent where the Inferno enemies mm-hmm. are, get an introduction like that. Didn't like the music as much. No. Didn't feel as inspired to me. Yeah. You know, I'm not like, I don't like choir music or anything like that, but, but Bayonet has a little bit of that feel, mm-hmm. but it's done really well, and it, it's energetic and, and fun. I, I strongly recommend checking out I like out the, the Inferno one. ones just as much as well. They they just felt really badass to me because, yeah, because it was... From Inferno or Hell, it, it was it was it was fitting. It just didn't feel as epic to me. Sure, but, yeah. but anyways, so back to the story. So she defeats him, and the three then head for Out of Soul by helicopter, and then by missile. Only for me to immediately pause again. So this is this is the reference to Space Harrier, which is an episode that'll either come out before another, or after another this. Another classic cigar game. Yes, just like Afterburner and Hang On, which are both referenced in this game. So yeah, so that stage plays out very much like Space Harrier. You you're on this missile. And it's third person behind, and it's just her on the screen, and it's rocketing into towards the island. So you are moving this all around and shooting. And even the enemy patterns are like Space Harrier. You, they use a lot of the snake enemies that, that emulate the dragons from, from Space Harrier. The music is from Space Harrier. It's a redone theme in the Bayonetta style. Oh, I love... That's like my favorite stage in the game. That Well, that's not true because of the, the combat is so polished in Bayonetta, but other than Space that, Harrier I love is it. A, is a huge influence for Kamiya, right? Is it? Yeah, I believe so. That was cool. one of the one of the big ones whenever he was younger. 
It's a great game, but we, we'll, we have an episode coming. We'll talk. We'll definitely talk more about that. But I just like the music is like perfect. I, I, it's a great stage in that in Bayonetta. They reach the island, and Bayonetta is confronted again by Jean, uh, who explains Bayonetta was a child born from an umbran witch in a luminous age, which is forbidden and resulted in Bayonetta being ostracized. This leads to a really epic fight between Jean and mm-hmm. Bayonetta, and this is I think their last fight too, actually. And again, we I come back to that theme that I love a lot over the top. Like the, this, this feels a little bit like a toned down Dragon Ball Z fight because they're they're clashing each with each other and they're like, you you're like launching huge at, like fist attacks at each other and stuff like that. And it's just like there's a part where you, you hit the button and they're just like back and forth like bap 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 bap, and they're like they're like the set piece is incredible too because you're going all over the city like jumping from building onto missiles and then smashing back down and you're fighting on walls and stuff. It's so cool. It's really cool fighting Jean because she's equivalent to Bayonetta. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where I mean, the angels are kind of slow and, mm-hmm. and pretty easy to just kind of pound away at. Yeah. You just got to dodge every, like, five seconds or something, ten seconds. Yep. Because they have these slow... You're, well, that's all, like, when we talk more about the game mechanics, like, yeah. that's a big part of it, mm-hmm. dodging your enemies. Mm-hmm. But Jean is, is fast. She can transform like Bayonetta. She can go you got to be much more on your game when yeah. you're fighting her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you like that fight at all? Do you remember that one? Yep. I liked it in, in, for the same reason. When you fight an angel, they're so big. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like an... You just, you just have to figure out the pattern. Right. In this case, it's more of fighting an equal. It's more frenetic, too. Like, really, like, fast-paced. So she beats him. And she explains that Bayonetta was a child born of the Umbran Witch in the Luminous Age. And then Bayonetta defeats Jean, like I said, who reveals the reason Bayonetta possesses the left eye is because she has accepted her fate. Bayonetta hands, Dan- Jean, hands Jean the gem she had been carrying, uh, making her remember that she is Cereza, not the little girl who is also her, and that Jean was once her friend. It was Jean who sealed her away, giving Bayonetta the gem to protect her in the left eye. After Jean then sacrifices herself to save Bayonetta, she continues through the tower with Luca and Cereza. Upon reaching the top, Bayonetta finally meets her father, Boulder, the last of the Lumen Sages, and he is the antagonist of the game. Boulder reveals he is Bayonetta's father, and that he plans to reunite the three universes by resurrecting Jubileus, the creator. However, uh, since Bayonetta could not remember her past, <laughs> Cereza was sent back to help her remember. Which comes to a point where I look stupid. Anyways, allowing Boulder to use her as the left eye. After revealing he was responsible for the death of Luca's father, Boulder throws him to his death before fighting Bayonetta among rubble falling from the tower. Bayonetta ultimately manages to defeat Boulder before saving a falling Luca and Cereza. So we'll pause there. That fight, Boulder while you're falling down and stuff, I found it really easy. Except when you beat him, you have to shoot a bullet. Actually, you think it's lipstick that you're shooting. And you have, and there's this glass falling. And you have to, to make the bullet... You don't have direct control of the bullet, but you have to like move the kind of like the camera where the bullet's falling. Yeah, and if you hit the glass, it. it puts it off course, and you have to try and you can't just swing it back. You have to try and move it back. I, I failed that three times. <laughs> the first time I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was a cutscene. Yeah. So I was like, control is down. Like, bam! I just beat the last boss, and then I'm like, wait, what? And I pick it back up, and it was too late. Yeah. The second time I was doing better, and I hit a glass, and it went off course, and then I missed it again. And so, but the, that's the shitty part about this is I'm like. Unlike most of the game, which gives you good checkpoints, this checkpoint is you have to fight him again. Mm. So I had to fight him like two or three times to get that, and I was getting angry at that point. It's like, I can't believe I'm fucking missing this stupid bullet in the head. Yeah, but it's not from the beginning of the battle. It's just like, well, it's kind that, of like three stages, right? Yeah, so, so the top of the tower. It, it brings you back to the like last stage of the of But you battle. still have to fight him three or four health bars that's, down to that's get back the punishment. to it. It is the punishment. I was punished mm-hmm. for my, my terrible aim. Oh, you know, I feel that whole uh, final sequence, <laughs> I, I, I liked it. The part with the bullet? That part, the fight against Baldur and then the Jubileus part. Right, which, yeah, I'll, um, I just, I'll get yeah. to in a second, of course. Because, yeah, before that, do you have anything to say about that fight in particular with Baldur? Uh, As the... Not last boss, last boss? I mean, first of all, I'm playing through this again on the Wii U right now. I played this in 2010, so the the latter part of the game, I, I don't remember a ton of. Okay. This this part, I remember fighting Baldur. I don't really remember the, the bullet part, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Takes a lipstick and... Yeah, yeah. and shoots it. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the anime recently. And, That's true. So... It's the same thing, but... And this is the last part of the game. She makes a time... Oh, after making a time portal to return her younger self home... <laughs> I just, like, that line alone just tells you a lot about this game. Bayonetta returns to the present only to collapse after regaining her memory, seemingly unharmed. Boulder transports himself and the unconscious Bayonetta towards a statue on top of the tower, beginning the resurrection of Jubileus. As the statue launches into space, 
Jean reappears after early escaping both death and Baldur's control narrowly. She ascends the launching statue on her motorcycle by riding along the surface. After reaching Bayonetta, she saves her only for Jubileus to come alive. Jean floats away from the statue, leaving Bayonetta alone to fight the deity, which concludes with her summoning Queen Sheba, who punches Jubileus into the sun. As this, <laughs> which I do love. I, I have yeah, to that's, that's great. great. Yeah. As the statue uh, left behind by Jubilee's comes to Earth, Jean is revealed to be alive, and after destroying the last Jubilee's statue, Bayonetta and Jean end up in a free fall towards Earth. After surviving the descent, the epilogue shows them continue battle against angels and dancing. Mm-hmm. So that fight with Jubileus was really cool. Yeah. So Jubileus is like a good, about to say, 10, 15 times bigger than Bayonetta. And then when you, when you kill her, Bayonetta's summon is like 10, 15 times bigger than Jubileus. Yeah. And it's like her fist is as big as the deity you just fought and punches her right into the sun, which is so <laughs> crazy. I love that part. And then John is on the motorcycle riding up on like space debris and stuff. It's that crazy. That whole part is really memorable. Yeah, it really was. It was uh, the fight itself was kind of fun. Just multiple stages to the fight, and it's so that whole last scene is so over the top. Oh my I god, I love playing it. that and just like what is going on here. I'm having fun, but yeah, I know it just it kind of like it's all the game's already over the top throughout it. But the scale, it's almost like watching the first arc of Dragon Ball Z, where the power levels start at like two thousand and end up at like hundred and fifty million by the end of that. So that's what it felt kind of felt like, where it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger as you go. But it was great. I, I liked it, even though it was silly. When uh, when we were playing the game, did that story scene was the, was the summary as clear as the game presented it? Even even summing summing the story up with clarity. Still doesn't make it's, a lot of sense. Oh, it's still but when you're playing the game, it's worse. Far oh, yeah. worse. It's like, what the hell there is becomes, going on? There becomes a point, for me anyway, when I played it, where I just kind of accept that I'm not really following the story that well, <laughs> but I'm having a blast playing this game. So, I mean, show me the story and I'll take in as much as I can. Mm-hmm. See, I was frustrated yeah. because I felt like I was stupid. I'm like, am I stupid? What's wrong with me? Why am I not getting this game? What did she just say? What does that mean? Wait, it who is that? It like the story could be, could be simplified. Like, they could have removed a few a few things. But the, thing, the thing is that you can play this game and not care about the story and enjoy it. Yes. Just a yes. Which is sure. Which is the most, we're now at the most important part of the, of the game. It's the gameplay. It's worth saying that the cutscenes, even not enjoying or not really understanding the story, the cutscenes are really entertaining. They're enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. It has a lot of personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The game, like, you know, reeks of personality. It, mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fun, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. But now we're the best part of, of the game, and that's the gameplay. So you get the story, you kind of know what it's about, you know the character. The gameplay's great, right? Like, like mm-hmm. it's, like, very polished and... and uh, the combat is... Is really addictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's great, there's great visual feedback for the for the combat with the Wicked Weave. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Explain the Wicked Weave. So you put together combos, and at the end of each combo, uh, Madam, uh, an extension of Madam Butterfly comes out. Whether it's her fist or her heel from her leg, mm-hmm. or sometimes you can summon other things as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like giant body parts who like smash your enemies yep. halfway across the battlefield. It's great visual feedback, and at first it's overwhelming. It's a lot going on, yeah. But surprisingly, you you get it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's been a few times where I've been playing and someone's been watching and they're like, I don't know what's going on here at all. Like, <laughs> you get used and to I'm it like, real isn't, fast, this, isn't this cool? Yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah. And they're like, they're like, yeah, it's cool. I don't know what's what, what I'm watching now. And, and <laughs> I found that interesting because the game that doesn't impact the gameplay. It's pretty easy to know what's going on. Okay, in the tradition of beat 'em up games, you know how. You have your normal attacks, right? But if you connect them, you do a little bit of a combo, like one, two, three, and then like a strong punch, yeah. which is final fight, teammates making each other in time, or, or, that, that kind of game, right? Yep. So it's, it's like the same concept, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like A, 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 and you know it's going to come like, it's yeah. going to do a combo, and right. then yeah. the, the stronger punch. And that's, and that's what yeah. it is in this. You can mix it up that's a bit, though. Yeah, you can. But you always end with a powerful thing. It's like yeah. there's a whole system of combos. Yes. And yeah. it's worth noting that you can equip different weapons. Uh, Favorite weapon? Uh, swords. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Probably. The, I've been using the swords lately. You can mix them up. You can have two. So you have two uh, equipment slots. Your her hands and her feet. And uh, I I just mostly use the sword the entire game actually. I like the whip just because it's it's fun watching and it's <laughs> it's so over the top. But it's not great for combat. Since we're talking about combat and the visuals, torture attacks. Yeah. Which are not wicked weeds, but kind of similar. Where 
where it, you it is, build up your magic yeah. during, during battle, and then you can press two buttons at once to initiate a torture attack. Heavy damage. There's some lore behind the torture attack, which is really cool. That the game doesn't tell you uh, that the torture attack weapons she's using, because she'll summon like a, a guillotine or a coffin with spikes. Those were used in the witch hunts to kill the witches. Those were were weapons that the humans used to kill witches, and that she now summons and uses against the angels. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. That is very cool. And it's just not seen, it's not spoken in the game. No, another couple of things that's not told in the game is that she's she's a teacher. Okay. A high school teacher. She's so is Jean. Isn't she like a... She yeah. also disguises the nun. She could yeah. be. Maybe she's a Catholic okay. school teacher. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, weird little things like that. But the torture attacks feel good. So they're kind of like quick. There's a tiny. lot of really cool attention to detail with, with all of yeah, them. Yeah, there's a lot of lore that, like reading the art book and stuff. Th- throughout the game, there's these collectible coffins that you find. And those are where fallen witches are buried. And on top of them, there's a Lumen Sage piece mm-hmm. object statue and that that was the lumen sages putting it putting it there to defile the oh tombs. that's really cool I that's why them. when you find those coffins those are actually witch tombs but they have the lumen sage N- another tombs. gameplay note is that you find these uh you can collect these journal entries written by lucas father mm-hmm. which tells you lore about the world and uh-huh. explains a lot of that which, stuff did which, you guys read those no I read all of them. <laughs> I, st- I was like, no, back to the game, and I always just close them. I, I want to, which is a shame because it's interesting. I want to say about those uh, those things. The first time I played it, I think because when you pick up one, it says details or or quit or keep playing. And the first time I played it, I think I just quit them all. And I, I've been playing again, and I've just been reading them. They're really interesting, but I never, Lengthy. I never am happy when I see one. Yeah, it I'm, pauses the game. This I, is like cutscenes of Sagey. Like yeah. I hated it. it but is, it's interesting. It's all really it's interesting cool. stuff. But the problem is, you don't just collect it and you go to menu. It pops up on the screen and you have to close it. So it kind of like interrupts the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have mixed feelings on those because they're really interesting. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff. Bandana can upgrade. You can find upgradables and you can buy accessories to change your appearance. Mm-hmm. Different mm-hmm. costumes, different weapons. Um, you can. Increase your health too, right? And magic as well. Yeah, like you find, find uh, yeah, witch hearts and, and moon pearls. Yeah, she also has transformations. She can turn into a panther for speed, bat, a flock of crows, and then an owl at the. Is it an owl? At the or no, no I'm sorry, I think that's Jean. Okay, Jean yeah, the that's owl. the crow equivalent to Bayonetta. Right. So those are pretty cool. You you don't get all those by default. You get the the, the panther, but I don't think you get the other two. You have to buy them. Yeah, you're right. So you can go to a store and you you get to talk to this interesting character named Rodan, who is a fallen angel. And a secret boss, I believe, if you if you do right. a shit ton of work. You can, you can unlock, unlock him as a character. Yeah. And fight him, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he's a very he's a cool character, which didn't even get mentioned during that summary, actually. It's just, but he's a guy, he's like a shopkeeper, and he's a fallen angel. He works in Inferno, and he's just as silly as every other the character. Gates of hell. The gate, yes, the Gates of Hell. He works with Enzo. How many times do we got to explain how the damn shop works? <laughs> My favorite ability was uh, when they finally get, uh, you can... Do the little uh, dodge thing. Oh, airborne. Okay, yeah. Which is it? You know how you, you press uh, the L button. You you do a little dodge. Which you do, is what, what you do you the, like it's like a break dance. Is, yeah. it, is that right? No, no, I don't think that's the one. Okay, the break the dance one where you're in the middle. You shoot everybody around you. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're talking yeah. like an air dodge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Air dodge. Okay. There's lots of there's lots there's including uh, there's even a reference to the afterburner kick. Which is a reference to Afterburn. It's one of the abilities you can purchase. Yeah. Oh, another thing worth mo- gameplay wise is the the so loading screens usually are boring, and they still are. But in this, you can actually just do combos and stuff, and it records I love that. you. Yeah, it, it, you can practice in between the loading, which is kind of neat. You just you're basically in this empty void, and you can just practice moves and stuff. Going back to the combos and the animations a little bit. Yep. And the the loading screens, the animations are are amazing. Yeah. It's and the attention to detail on the animations is great. So. When you're in the loading screen, not only are you just learning some different combos and whatnot, but it's just fun watching them. Yeah, no, it, 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 the the detail, the attention to detail, not just lore wise, but but like graphically, are really yeah. even rich. when you're really used to the like. I've played one and two, and I'm going back and playing one now, and I still just every time a loading screen pops up, I'm still just yeah. trying different combos and whatnot. We've been uh, saying mostly positive things. So I want to go through something that is not so positive, okay. which is uh, the physics and how the game feels, you know, a little bit. Or, sure. Or rather, 
when you're like punching someone or or, or kicking something or mm -hmm. in general just attacking one of the angels, it doesn't feel like you're hitting stuff. Even like the fistlets, like the big ones, you don't think that way too? No, I feel like it's too like floaty. So it's just like appears there and doesn't like, really. It's, it's like I do like like this. You don't feel the impact. Yeah, is what and you're then saying. and then there's like an effect of like, me hitting you, but it doesn't feel like it's hitting. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, you don't uh, really feel the hit until. The Wicked Weave comes. No, even the Wicked... He's saying not even the Wicked Weave, though. Oh, really? Okay. I, well, he's that, right about that, the impact, though. That, it's not... That's, that's the, the most impactful, but not really. You know, I mean, all they could... It's like the animations yeah, are either... Not, they, they don't sync properly, or there's some mm -hmm. sort of lack You're of You're not emphasis. really feeling that, like, contact yeah. and hit that yeah. much. One thing that would have been kind of nice is if there was, like, a little screen shake or something when the Weave wave weave uh, attack hits, maybe... Or uh, some sort of reaction from the enemy, maybe a bit more, so, uh, or maybe some snappiness in the animations. Sure, I never thought of that while playing it, but you know, thinking about it, that does make sense. Mm -hmm. The animations individually, though, are still very yes. nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you're saying like it doesn't feel as uh, no. impactful. I find uh, it much more impactful using the the katana. Yeah, but still, it's like he does. She, she does like the slash, and the animation goes like that, and then there's some effect that you're hitting, but there's no actual the interaction not like between recoiling and like yeah. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't think about that very didn't much. Notice about it either, but playing it, but I can see how. Yeah, like, I'm not playing this like bottom mashing, bottom mashing, and I'm not like not feeling the the satisfaction, you know, right, of the, hitting of something. The, of the hits. Yeah. you mentioned okay. the like you know, in a normal beat 'em up, that's a lot of the fun comes from that. Sure, comes yeah. from like hitting stuff. It feels like you're hitting. Yeah, I I haven't played very many beat 'em ups to be honest. Like Devil May Cry and and this. You mentioned uh, button mashing. What do you guys think of the difficulty of the game? I've played Bayonetta two, and not to get too much into two, but yeah. they've they fixed the the balance in my opinion of the difficulty a lot. I find it a little too much. Uh, the difficulty a little too high, especially in in some of the challenges. The challenges, especially. And, and yeah. I didn't do much of them though. I can play Bayonetta two and not take any items, not do anything for a, a level, and I'm going back to Bayonetta 1, and I am I buy a, a red hotshot every, between every level, and I use it every time. And, <laughs> and I'm constantly making uh, the health lollipops and stuff. I'm glad you mentioned that, because I didn't know about that until like the last four chapters, oh. so I went really hard. That, that game was so hard for me at, at certain points. Yeah. I, didn't, I, was like, I didn't know I could use those and make more, so yeah. I didn't. Uh, man, once I did though, it was a little more bearable. But that, I, not even talking about the challenges itself, the game itself is pretty, still pretty challenging, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Actually, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind the difficulty, but I prefer it in Bayonetta too. I mean, you could always go in the easy mode, really, if you wanted to. But mm -hmm. even the normal mode is still kind of hard. What did you find it difficult? Too inconsistent. It is inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. I agree with that. I think it, it gets really easy at some points, and then it gets really hard, and then they throw you this too. There's like this brother monster. So oh my god, the claw the guys! guys? Yeah. The guys oh, they're so hard. I hated them. Yeah, but it's just like you. you they're you like fight them one once. has ice and one has yeah. fire. Oh, yeah, man. you fight them once, and, and you say, "Okay, it's fine," and then they throw them at you like four or four, four or five more yeah, times. Yeah, they're and they're so hard. hard. They're fast and they're hard to do. Yeah, so yeah. Cheap. As, as opposed, so cheap. they're faster than Jean. Way faster than any other angels you're used to, and they, and they are cheap. And some places you have to fight them. You're like a narrow. I remember one year on a staircase in a narrow corridor, <sighs> and, I, and I've I lost that like four or five times. And I, the the okay. So the good thing about the note is that when you die, you can keep continuing, but your score goes down. And, and so at the end of each level, you can get like stone, bronze, gold, platinum, and I think pure platinum. So the more you lose, the the worse your score gets. So. It's grace and glory. Yep, is that's it? those are the ones that I'm talking about. Is that, is that the one sage? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, those those guys. I hate them. They were the worst ones in the game. So you're yeah. right, inconsistent. But, but the problem with those is not really that they were too fast, or they just took so many hits. Or no, and they did so much damage oh, to you. One, Sorry, it's fearless and fairness. I, I was thinking the claw guys actually. But they're both. They're, they're, they're both, both really obnoxious. Both, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you can go like ten minutes without being hit, and you hit them and hit them and hit them. They don't die, and then they they grab hit you, you just once, once, and you're like half your health is gone. Yeah, so exactly. brutal. That's so the that's the worst part about it. It's all them. about which time with those you you need. Yeah, to and if you fuck up, you you know you only get a chance to fuck up once because then otherwise you're dead. We haven't really mentioned which time. Let's well we're talking about gameplay. Let's let's talk about yeah, it. it's so, the core mechanic, right? Yeah. So it's it's basically just a well timed dodge initiates which time, which is slowing Slow down time. The whole yeah. screen turns purple, and you just un you unleash un unleash crazy amounts of damage, and it's super satisfying it when is. you hit that, and you just unlock. And you get used to doing it more and more. But even that is it's, it's also inconsistent. Like the whole game is like punch, like dodge, 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 dodge. Dodging punch, is punch, like punch, the big punch, part. Punch, yeah. Dodge, dodge, punch, punch. yeah, but 
it, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. Sometimes you you think you do the, the dodge right. and you get it, and sometimes you don't do the dodge or you, or. <laughs> it seemed to me like I took a long time to dodge and I got the the witch time, so it was inconsistent. You know, it helps with that. That's a bit of, frustrating. The flock of crows uh, upgrade mm-hmm. really helps with the witch time stuff. I, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I, I thought it was a cool mechanic, but yeah. you need it. Like you can't. It takes so much longer to kill shit if you don't get good at dodging and, and doing the witch mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nintendo costumes. What do you guys think of that addition? Because we've all played the Wii U version. Right. Uh, That's cool. I like I, them. I think they're great, and I think they really play into... They're kind of ugly. I, well, uh, they are a little bit. But I think they really play into the Bayonetta style of her playfulness. It makes me feel like Bayonetta's like dressing up for Halloween and <laughs> making fun of Nintendo characters. And it really it really plays into the personality of the game. What are what are the costumes in the first one? Is it just Samus, Link, Daisy and Peach? Is that it? Correct. Star Fox one? isn't in it. It's the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I liked uh, I thought Samus looked like the only one it looked good. Yeah. Like like it was cool looking. The rest were cool they grew on me, but they were really silly looking. But they do little changes like the, for the Mario or for the Peach and uh, Daisy one. Your wicked weaves instead of something mad and butterfly, something Bowser. Oh. Bowser fists come out and like, Bowser oh. foot. Yeah, and the you, yeah, and uh, the uh, really cool one about the Link one, which is the one I play the most because I used the sword. You get the Master Sword when you play as her. Yeah, so that was cool. And, and you get like rupee sounds. Yeah, yeah. So there's like the nice little and changes. When, and when you play as Samus. At least in the second one, you can turn into the morph ball. I don't think you in, can in the first, instead of the you? panther. Maybe not because you can you can do the panther right from the get go in in two. Yeah, you're so right. I think you're right. I didn't know that because I didn't play the costumes in the second one. But I didn't the, bother. the peach one is hilarious. It makes me feel like she's like defiling a Nintendo character. <laughs> she looks so like an, an innocent Nintendo character. <laughs> it's so skippy. It's, it's like it's like the slutty Halloween costume exactly. version of of those characters. I find it hilarious. Kind of funny. Yeah. The, the humor in the game is is big part. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a funny game. What about the 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 dunce number? Oh, I'm so dumb. I'm sorry. Are you talking about the ending? The ending, right? I was stupid. I was like, "What's going on?" I don't. I know it fits yeah, the game, and it's, it's a little like cringeworthy. I also hate the song. Yes, but I thought it was like the cherry. On top. It fits the game great. Yeah, yeah, you're it's right. Like, I'm not we saying don't it sh- care. Yeah. here you go. I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. I just thought it was stupid. <laughs> but yeah, it was really stupid. Yeah, but, but it, it was fun. It fit. Go, go, going back to that a little bit. I'm not big on over the top action cutscenes and like matrixy cutscenes and whatnot. I mean, action doesn't do a ton for me. It's not going to get me to want to play a game. Wait, so you, you mean like cutscenes where it's just a crazy, but like the fight's more elaborate kind of thing? Like just a, a, just a cutscene where it's just crazy action mm-hmm. or like Matrix, like bullet craziness okay. or yeah. whatever. And and Bayonetta has a lot of that. I like it. But what I love it in Bayonetta because it's so there's so much personality to it, and she just turns it into like a choreographed dance routine yeah. while fighting and it's hilarious and there's like stupid lines that are really funny and like silly and it, lots of references it feels to other like, games it feels like Devil May Cry fuck off it feels like Devil May Cry meets Matrix in a Michael Jackson video like like a <laughs> choreographed a Michael Jackson video like, okay yeah that's like, new and when she's fighting John like against the angels they're like Doing all these crazy like dance numbers and stuff. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's super entertaining. So wh- before we do the damage, before we deal damage, one more thing to note. This is kind of important reason why uh, the, there was PS3 port issues with this game. Got oh, a, really? It got a slightly lower. I got some some. I went I significant. Would, I did a little digging on this one. So let's, let's let's address it. I know we're running a little longer than we planned, but it'll be a little bit longer episode. The PlayStation 3 version received a, a lower rating, criticized for its lesser visual quality than the 360. So this doesn't include the Wii U version right now. Bayonetta's port on PS3 is considered Platinum Games' biggest failure, according to director uh, Atsushi Inaba. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest, this is from, I believe, VG247.com. The biggest failure for Platinum so far, the one that really sticks in my mind is that port, uh, Inaba said. At the time, we really uh, we didn't really know how to develop on PS3 all that well. And whether we could have done it is irre- irrelevant. We made a decision that we couldn't. But looking back on the result, and especially what ended up being released to the users, I regard as our biggest failure. PS3 version of Bayonetta suffered from uh, frame rate issues and control problems and was later patched, not by Sega, but by Sony. Inaba said it was uh, a bit of a hard lesson. One thing I will say is that it wasn't a failure for nothing, he said. We learned that we needed to take responsibility for everything. So on Vanquish, we developed both versions in-house. Yeah. We learned so it wasn't a pointless failure. But it was a failure nonetheless. And then Kotaku, talking about one of the 
the patches that help fix it. The 138 megabyte download brings Bayonetta for the PS3 to version 1.01, offering an option to install the game to the console's hard disk. Uh, that 15 minute long installation procedure will result in approximately 4.5 gigs worth of disk space being absorbed by Bayonetta game data. It's worth the wait and the extra sandwiches made during the download and installation procedure promise. I don't, that's weird. Load times between chapters are noticeably shorter, but it's the load times elsewhere when Bayonetta picks up items or other player attempts to skip cutscenes that make the install worthwhile. Unfortunately, the update to 1.01 doesn't address some of our other concerns with the PS3 version, like the weaker frame rate and the texture quality, but it's an improvement over the launch version, an update owners of the PS3 version will no doubt be thankful for. It's interesting you said that because I've played some of the PS3 version yeah. uh, and looked for an update, and it said my game was up to date. I didn't know that you had to install it to the... Yeah, so... No, Marshall, you're the only one here that I think that have played several versions of... I Bionetta. played the PS3 version, but only oh, yeah, for the yeah. first couple hours. So, what do you guys think about... I started with the Xbox One. Okay. Played it years ago. No complaints. Got the PS3 version, I think earlier this year. It was on sale for like two bucks digital. Played that. And that's when... I was playing that while playing Bayonetta 2, or leading up to Bayonetta 2, I was getting excited right, for Right, you remember you talking about that. And it was... It got a little bad at certain points. And then when I finished Bayonetta 2, I went back to Bayonetta 1 on the PS3. And I was like, I can't. I can't do this. So I went to the Wii U version. And the Wii U version is massively improved yeah. and looks a lot better. It does. It does have some slowdowns here and there, though. The Wii it's, U version. I guess they said it's comparable to the 360 version, although there's some differences with Bloom mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of the smaller things. But I found it looked pretty. Like Bayonetta 2 looks way better. Mm -hmm. than Bayonetta 1 does, but it still looked good. So let's deal damage to the game, right? So this is, for those who don't know by now, this is the part where the game that we're reviewing, or talking about, it's not really review, the game we're talking about has three heart pieces, or three three life. <clears throat> we all have the potential to damage one full heart piece each. Yeah, so how the heart system works is no damage means you really enjoyed the game. It doesn't mean it's perfect, but you would 100% recommend it and had a blast playing it. One quarter damage means you acknowledge the game has a few flaws. It was generally fun and you would recommend it to the right audience. Half damage, the game isn't bad, it isn't great, it's good. Either a bit better or worse than good, but it's a decent game and you know some people would enjoy it. Three quarters of the damage, the game is not good, it's not so bad it's good, it's either just bad or super bland. Playable, but really nothing exciting, you would most likely pass. And full damage is you hate this game, it's barely playable, you would feel angry if you received it as a gift, let alone paid money for it. Repetitive, boring, very bad game. Who wants to go first to, damage, to deal damage to the game? Sage? Sure. Alright. I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's a good game, uh, but I will deal half a heart. Bam. Because of the, of the over-sexualized... Uh, theme with mm -hmm. the character because of the, the lack of really uh, satisfaction of beating the, the enemies but I do I, I don't want to say that it's bad right it's not yeah. it's just I have I have issues with the game okay but I really good I, I recommend it alright so half damage from Seiji mm -hmm. Marshall what are you gonna do, buddy? Full heart or no, no damage? No damage at all. It's got a full oh. heart. <laughs> yeah, no, no. it's like Jeopardy here. Yeah, I absolutely love this game. I'm not saying it's perfect. There's there's little nitpicky things. I think the camera can be troublesome sometimes. The overly sexualized portrayal of the character I find wildly entertaining. Like it's it's hilarious, and she's so self aware of it. I think it's I think it's the kind of sexual appeal in a game done right. The gameplay is so much fun. I, I can't say enough good things about it, and I wish there were more games like this. Okay. But uh, it's, so, it's not perfect, but no damage. It, no damage. So it's a, a, a heart and a half left, which already means it's our highest rating game so far, I believe. Because Life is Strange ended on a, a heart and a half. So Wait, wait, you, we haven't finished. So I know, at, but... At this point, he, it's a two house and a heart. Okay, I mean, so it's at two, least... It can't be lower than our highest rating okay, game so far. So... so Bayonetta would have got no damage for me if Bayonetta 2 didn't exist. Uh, I think Bayonetta oh, 2 yeah. does everything mm -hmm. better than Bayonetta 1 on, on all counts. So for that reason only, it only gets a quarter damage for me. Good. If, if Bayonetta 2 didn't exist, then maybe I, I would have been forced to feel like I want to give it a full heart, because for all the reasons you liked it, I didn't mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. But Bayonetta 2 does it all better, so only a quarter damage for me. So final... What's the final tally? Two hearts in one quarter. Our highest rated game so far in Bonus Barrel! Nice. 
So I guess that's it. Uh, this has been a, a slightly longer, it's not that much longer than a regular episode. So, um, you know, I want to thank everyone out there for listening and, and supporting the show. Uh, we, we appreciate the viewership. I hope that people will feel like they want to get involved, leave a message on Twitter, Facebook, or whatever. Follow us, iTunes, all that, all that jazz, whatever is convenient for you. Yeah, so this is Rob, and... Thank you. Yeah, Marshall. Marshall. <laughs> In the background? I'm here, I'm Jeff. All right, see you guys later. See ya.